and welcome back to Lounge with Books. I'm Sophie. And I'm Claire. And we are two friends keeping in touch through the power of books and we do that through reading books together and we have just finished our seventh book club book which was The Humans by Matt Haig and today we're going to be talking a bit about that book, our final thoughts on it but no spoilers on the ending and then Claire is going to introduce our next book club book which she chose Mm. for us to read as our eighth one so exciting times. So, The Humans. Thoughts? So, I've really enjoyed the book. I think it was a really good read. And I enjoyed part of the ending. A little bit of the ending, I wasn't that happy. Yes, and I agree. We spoke about this, obviously, off the podcast because we didn't want to spoil it for anybody that was reading it or wanting to read it. And there was just a few inconsistencies at the end that made you kind of go it was a bit easy and it shouldn't have been that easy yeah it was a bit anticlimactic i would say but But he redeemed himself in the end yeah with the the way that it did end it was it was quite a good ending so but i have enjoyed the book yeah this book is also being reprinted i saw on instagram there's going to be a new edition available so if you've enjoyed the podcast and you are interested in picking up the humans from what we've been saying about it make sure you pick it up there'll be a brand new cover you'll have one completely different to Claire and I but the dog is always on the cover because the dog is one of the best characters in the book obviously yeah Newton the dog (laughs) (laughs) overall I I enjoyed this book it was a nice pleasant read it didn't connect me in the same way that his book Midnight Library did you know, that's why I chose this one, because I really like the Midnight Library. I really uh, resonated with that story. This one felt a bit surface to me. Like, it was funny, it was heartfelt, but it just felt like I wasn't connecting with the characters or the story on the same level. So, mm. although I really enjoyed the story and it was really fun, for me, this is just going to be a renew, because I think everybody out there should read it. Like, it's a really good time. It's a really easy book to just pick up and read. But it didn't stay with me like the Midnight Library, which is why it hasn't quite hit that overdue status for me. Um, I would agree. I'm going to give it a renewal as well. I enjoyed the Midnight Library more than this. If, if enjoy is the right word. It was a, a, just a, a, a better read. Maybe it's because it's a newer book than this was one of his first novels, wasn't it? So, mm. But if you're a fan, I do think if you're a fan of Douglas Adams you probably would enjoy this book because it has a similar kind of humour. So, yeah, it's a renewal. We're agreed. We're always agreed. (laughs) (laughs) We've been agreed so far anyway. It can all change with this next book, Claire, that you've chosen. I know. I know. So the the next book, shall I talk about it now? Mm. So the next book, I wanted to go with a horror because uh, I felt like we'd done quite a few other little genres and stuff like that. So I have actually gone with... It's actually another sci-fi. I, <laughs> Which you know, is funny. I, <laughs> it's kind of like a psychological sci-fi horror, I think. Is that how you mm. would describe yes, it? Yes, I would say as well, because as soon as this book arrived and it said it was shortlisted for the Arthur C. Clarke Award, I was like... I swear that's a sci-fi sort of award because <laughs> I've seen it on a few of my science fiction books. And I just thought, oh gosh, I've broken Claire and Easy with like a comedy sci-fi and she's bringing in the big guns with horror sci-fi. 
Yeah. Well, I hope I'm bringing in the big guns. So this is called Nod. And it's by Adrian Barnes. And uh, I do, I'll read the blurb on the back. Dawn breaks over Vancouver and no one in the world has slept the night before or almost no one. A few people, perhaps one in 10,000, can still sleep and they've all shared the same golden dream. After six days of absolute sleep deprivation, psychosis will set in. After four weeks, the body will die. In the interim, panic ensues and a bizarre new world arises in which those previously on the fringes of society take the lead. Paul, a writer, continues to sleep while his partner, Tanya, disintegrates before his eyes and the new world swallows the old one whole. It's, it's weird because it sounds like nobody can sleep and people are dying because they can't sleep, but then this mm. guy, Paul, can't wake up. Yeah. But you can also see what's going on in the real world. So that sounds a bit trippy. It does a bit, doesn't it? Not sure what it'll be like, but we'll we're gonna give it a go. Hopefully, I hope it's not gonna be one of those ones where I'm like, uh yeah. <laughs> what's going on? I mean, I read the blurb and I was like, huh? But I'm also thinking it's a book about not being able to sleep, and I read a lot before I go to sleep, so I hope it doesn't affect anything. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it doesn't for you. Um, we're gonna read first part of part which is called Day 18 Words. And you're going to start us off, aren't you, Sophie? I am. The object of words is to conceal thoughts. It's getting harder and harder to tell the living from the dead. Most of the remaining, awakened, lay sprawled on the asphalt of Birchin Lane, six storeys below my balcony. Down there, everything's akimbo. Heads flop, tongues loll, and mouths are corkscrewed holes. Some are still ambulatory and stagger around in the unsprung circles, clawing air. Others sit mannequins still among the rubble, staring up at me from their laps, eyes blazing. They sacrificed another sleeper last night, some poor chum in the Birkenstocks, who's now lashed to a lamppost across the street by bloodstained bungee cords. The head, as always, has been painted lollipop yellow, and speaking of colours, there's no sign of the Admiral of the Blue this evening. His rickety stage cobbled together from smashed down doors and thrashed trash cans is bare. For a while, the Admiral and his people treated me like a prophet, but I always knew it wouldn't last. It's prophets are us down there. What's in desperate short supply is disciples. It reminds me of poets. Before all this, how sensitive souls who submitted their work to literary journals outnumbered those who read those same publications by a margin of about ten to one. Everyone wanting to be heard, no one interested in listening. Some things never change. Maybe nothing's really changed. What else do I see? Packs of dogs, heads hovering low, roam the periphery of things. The long-standing human-canine alliance has been irrevitably severed. I'm sincerely sorry to report the gnawed bones and matted chunks of hair scattered along the shores of Lost Lagoon testify to this. It's sad, but then again those plump collies and German shepherds don't seem too weighed down by nostalgia for bone-shaped vegan treats and belly rubs from the opposably thumbed as they wander about licking their chops. Anyway, it's not their fault. We're the ones who broke the deal. The awakened spot me, and the crowd's insect noise ratchets up Beatlemania. I raise my arms just for old time's sake, and the street falls silent. 
I hold the pose for a moment, then let them drop. A cue for the haunted house screaming to begin. I'm sure this all sounds pretty terrible, dear hypothetical reader, but you might be surprised to learn that I'm of the opinion that while things are bad now, they really weren't much better before. All that's different here in Nod is that the molten planetary core of pain that used to roil away behind our placid smile has now blurped out into open air. How we used to fetishize and differentiate our feelings, rage, hatred, hunger, pride, jealousy, ambition, lust. We had a name for everything, but that colourful cavalcade of emotions was just a sham. It was all pain, all of it, all along. Rage was pain, hate was pain, pride was pain, lust was pain. All that's different now is that where pain used to have the luxury of being a bit of a drama queen and playing dress up, now it stands out there on the corner of Birchin Lane, quivering and naked. And what about love? Our alpha and omega, our pawn and our purity. In the past, we'd held love in reserve as something special and untouchable, an element of our personal narratives that we felt would, in a pinch, absolve us of all our other petty sins. A get-out-of-jail-free card, I suppose. But as it turns out, love doesn't set us free. Love keeps standing outside the jail on an endless candlelight vigil. So love. Yes, love was pain as well, especially love. And so logically, then the question arises, what isn't pain? I stand there on my balcony as the question rises, coiling into the sky above Vancouver and hang still with no breath of breeze to make it blow away. The orange sun made hazy and huge by the million square kilometre dust cloud that used to be Seattle is slowly sinking into English Bay. I can almost hear hissing as the day, maybe the last day, extinguishes itself. Directly across the street from my apartment in Demon Park, a siege of great blue herons bobs on overburdened cedar boughs. The names we give gatherings of birds are telling murder of crows, sieges of herons, and kindnesses of ravens. They must have made our ancestors nervous. Birds pick up bones and lap at eye juice. Maybe they reminded our forebears that there'd be bones themselves soon enough. The sight of pigeons waddling along the pavement has always seemed eerie to me. I've never been able to get over all that armlessness. Behind me, the stairwells gag on 50 apartments worth of furniture. Everything but the kitchen sinks. The building's risen bile cost me a couple of days of heavy labour, but it also bought Zoe and me some time. Since yesterday morning, I've been hearing ripping and snapping sounds coming from the lower floors. I'm pretty sure the blemies are burrowing up toward us. White moles digging into ceilings, discovering floors. Escheresque, three floors below now. Two. And speaking of Escher, it's worth recording this for posterity. The artists were right, literally right, all along. Beneath what we used to call reality, there was always an Escheresque, a Bushian, a Munchian. Fact, a scuttling Gernicopia of horrors just waiting to be discovered once the civilised rock was finally overturned. Who'd have thought that the real high-wire act of imagining was the old world, that seemingly bland assemblage of malls and media that came to a crashing end less than one month ago? 
Who'd have thought that the real fantasists were the star-blocking baristas, the school teachers, and the pizza delivery boys? If we'd really stopped and thought, it would have been obvious. A cursory look at the latest appeal from the sub-Saharan Africa would have told us that our privileged world was a pretty slapdash affair, always smouldering at the edges. But no one stopped and no one thought. Christ, I'm tired in a million of ways. We've been staring into the whites of each other's eyes for weeks now. The awakened and I, all of us coming up blank, but that's okay. I really don't mind. I'm just about ready to give it up anyway. But what about poor, silent Zoe, already asleep in the spare room, curled up with the stuffed grizzly that Tanya gave her? I may be about done with the whole sorry human comedy, but I still want her to survive. I want something that Tanya loved to live on. But tell that to those flayed faces down there, freshly arrived for the night shift, insomniac suns thrust deep inside their pockets, scorching their thighs. What about Zoe? What about the child? Does it sound to you like it's got a bit of a zombie feel? It does. It sounds like these people that have been awake for days have kind of gone a bit feral, and if they find anyone that's sleeping, they're like stringing them up and killing them, and they've kind of turned into factions. I don't know why people are coming after this guy. It sounds like he used to be well-liked and now people don't like Mm. him and he's kind of built this fortress or something. But people are coming for him, but only a certain type of person. I feel like there's a lot to unpack in that first chapter and a lot of it maybe doesn't make sense outside of the context. So I feel like we need to read, maybe the further we read, the more we'll understand who these different factions are Mm. and... And, and why they're after him. But it seems like Zoe is maybe his yeah. daughter and she potentially isn't just sleeping mm. but can wake up and go to sleep as normal. So maybe we've got a bit of a cure. Is she the cure? But it sounds like nobody really cares or wants to know. They're just killing anybody who's still asleep, which seems a bit... What's yeah. that solving? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, it goes back to day one. So we we definitely going back in time, so we find out yeah. how it all evolved and stuff. Which so. I think is quite nice, actually. We're seeing where it is. I wonder if it will catch up with then and then move past that point, or if we'll only ever get to that point and then it will end. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. We're just going to have to read all on. I know and see, aren't is we? that there were a lot of difficult words <laughs> that I just had to read. Oh my! <laughs> and you were looking at me like, oh, oh, I don't know about that you one. Definitely. I'm thinking, I have no idea how to say this. I definitely said all that wrong. <laughs> I feel like there were a lot of people's names that write fiction that uh, I have no idea because I'm not that cultured. That was tough. <laughs> <laughs> I think you definitely have the toughest part. Mine seemed to go swimmingly, and you, you had like, all the difficult words. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, Cornucopia. It was. It looked like cornucopia, but was spelt completely different. <laughs> yeah, oh, that yeah, was tough. It was. That is my. That is my worry because you know I don't like things with difficult words in it. Sometimes that are difficult to say when they've been made up for fiction, and I'm just like, oh, because you just ponder over those words too long, and then you lose the story a little bit. Yeah, I think most of the time with these books. The first chapter never makes sense until you've read more about the world yeah. and then you start getting context for these words. Yeah. And then if you ever go back, you're like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they understand it now. But I'm, I'm intrigued Absolutely. by the concept. As you said, it seems a bit zombie, zombie-esque. It seems like a, a zombie. It almost reminds me a bit of The Last of Us, which is a video game. Nothing to do with sleep, but in that video game, 
you play as a man that's protecting a a, a young girl that is potentially the cure to this disease because she's not infected. Maybe this is a similar case of him protecting someone that's not affected by it. It's also got vibes of I Am Legend, which is a very old sci-fi novel, very um, well regarded. It's one that I've read, and obviously there is a movie of it, but the movie is completely different to the book. Like, it follows similar themes, but they actually are very different. But this one almost has themes of that one with this, you know rogue nation these different factions i'm intrigued i I, i'm I'm interested to see what it's gonna turn into yeah it's funny you said that because in my head i was thinking that same thing Mm. that same film so uh yeah that it's gonna be interesting it's got that dystopian feel to it doesn't it so claire really Mm. excited we will be reading to page 56 56. chapter chapter four Or day and four. I have to say, in other reading news, I haven't read anything since I last saw you, Claire. The last thing I read was obviously finishing off The Humans, but other than oh. that, I have not touched a single book. How how bad is that? I don't think that's ever happened. So I'm hoping you're going to be bringing the book news. I don't... I'm very I'm on surprised, holiday. Actually. I was meant to be reading loads, not read anything. Yeah. Me. I have finished Room by Emma Donoghue. Ooh. It was a, a really good. Um, I give it a renew because it's it's a good read. It remind the, the the movie was quite similar to the book, which is good. And the bit that I think I talked about on the podcast last time was um, yeah. he was escaping from the room, and I don't think there's any spoiler, but they do sort of escape the room, and he manages to rec- rescue his mum. And it's about their life outside of the room and it was really good how they spoke about how the boy because if you can imagine this boy hasn't been out of this room never seen the outside world so things like um you know never seen light or anything like that so they had to put cream on on their faces and stuff because otherwise they would burn because they've never been daylight and eyes they had to wear dark glasses and it was just real like his first feeling of touching grass and wearing shoes. He'd never worn shoes, you know, these five years old. And so you can just imagine just how he was feeling. And it just sort of gave you a real sort of appreciation of we just take things for mm. granted. But you're seeing it from his side of the story that, you know, you couldn't say to him, oh, it's um, it's raining cats and dogs, because he would think it is raining cats and dogs. He would, you know, he would question things like that. You know, if you said you had pins and needles, he'd, he would go, what, pins and needles? You know, he would take everything so literally. And um, it was a really emotional read. And yeah, it was it was really good. I really enjoyed it. So did it have a happy ending? Yes, it does. Yeah. It does have a happy ending thing. There was a part in the book where the mum goes a bit downhill. Um, I don't want to say too much because you need to read the book, but um, she picks herself back up. And But he gets to spend time with his grandma and his step-pa, as he calls him. And it's their relationship builds and, and it's how they sort of treat him or deal with him because it's obviously very very different and he was still breastfeeding 
as well. So she'd carried on breastfeeding, which obviously people were finding quite strange and stuff. And he, he, it was his comfort as well. But what, what was strange was the fact that he wanted to keep going back to room. He felt that was his security because he'd not, not known any different. Whereas the mum was, you know, was very much, I don't want to go back to that place. It was awful. But he, it was his yeah. home. That is what he knew. He was there with her. So he didn't see the abduction side of it or anything like that. He just saw it as that was where I was with my ma. That was what life was Gosh, like. That's such a traumatising story. Yeah. The book I'm reading next. So I was in the train station picking up a train ticket. They had some books. It was, this was in the Whitby train station. And I am reading A Witch Hunt in Whitby <laughs> by Helen Cox. Amazing. <laughs> Absolutely amazing. I always see those sort of books whenever you go on a holiday. There's always like a book set in like the location that you're in. You just think, is it any yeah. good? I'll, I'll be intrigued. I don't know. A witch yeah. hunt in Whitby. Well, she's written ones in all different places. But this one is, yeah. A serial killer is loose in Yorkshire, claiming three lives as many months. Always follow the same chilling. <gasps> and I've not done a thriller or a murder thriller thing. So no, that's exciting. That's my next book. I always love how you choose your books. It's always so random. You're just like, oh, this was on my shelf. I was at a friend's house. I picked this up. And then you're just like, I was in the train station. Boop. And you like, just no thought about what you want to read next. You just end up getting a book from anywhere. <laughs> And that's, that's, that's a wild thought. <laughs> Whereas I'm like, what do I want to yeah. read? What am I in the mood for? Do some research. Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that was picking up our annual our annual train pass on the North York Moors Railway, that was. So we get to go and use the train, yeah. So it was in the little Whitby station, it was. So that's it. That's all my book news. Obviously, I don't have anything mm. to offer. But do join us next week. We would have obviously got to chapter four of Nod, which I think is going to be something very different to what we've read so far within all the books that we have read together. It isn't like anything that I've that I've come across. And yeah, mm. exciting times. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram as well, at Landry with Books. We're always posting content of what we're reading, what we're going to read, or things that you might enjoy as well when we do our little reels. So it is goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from me.